Welcome to Living Southern Oregon, a podcast dedicated to discovering and exploring all Southern Oregon has to offer. I'm your host, Simona Fino, and I will be introducing you to the people who live here, the things they love, and what makes Southern Oregon a magical place to call home. Welcome, everyone, to another episode of Living Southern Oregon. Today, I have with me Daryl Flora, who was born and raised in Medford. He is a financial representative with Country Financial and has been providing home, life, auto, and business insurance and financial services for the last 18 years. Daryl has been married for 25 years to his wife, Skye, and they have a 23-year-old son and 17-year-old daughter. Welcome, Daryl. Thank, Thank you so you. much for Thank being you. here. Appreciate it. Awesome. Looking forward to it. All right. So it's not very often that I meet somebody who was born and raised in Medford. And so I am really looking forward to kind of hearing some of your thoughts, opinions, and what you think about living here. So first of all, I have a question. I'm super curious about your kids and wonder, what are their plans? Are they going to be sticking around Medford or are they already kind of making plans to be elsewhere? So my son, DJ, he's 23 and he's actually working for Dutch Brothers Corporate and living over in Grants Pass right now. So uh, he's more of the homebody, I would say. And I think he's always wanted to stay in Southern Oregon and that's what he enjoys. Our daughter, however, is looking at Arizona schools right now. She doesn't like the cold. So we are currently just went on a tour of University of Arizona and Arizona State. So. Those are the two schools that she has it narrowed down to. All right. My son went to U of O, graduated, but she doesn't want to follow in his footsteps. So <laughs> I think she'll be going out of state. All right. So that means you're going to be doing some visiting to Arizona. Hopefully. Definitely in the wintertime. <laughs> Maybe not in the summers, but definitely in, in the winter. Um, love to play golf. So it's a good excuse to get out of when it is cold around exactly. here. Exactly. Yeah. That is a place to be in the winter. Absolutely. Absolutely. <laughs> Very nice weather. And the spring. Don't, don't forget about the springtime out there. That's what I've heard. Yeah. That's what I've heard. Especially if you manage to catch a desert bloom. Yes. It's one of the most spectacular things I've ever witnessed in, uh, in Arizona. Really? Well, yeah. hopefully we get to get yeah. see that. Yeah, I hope so. Well, I'm super curious what Medford was like 25 years ago, because I only came to this part of the country. <laughs> I come from California. So I am, yeah, just curious what, what were things like here? What were some of the biggest changes that you've seen? It was it was smaller, I would say, for sure. And even as a population base, I can remember when you traveled from Medford International Airport, I don't think it was International Airport at the time, but to San Francisco, you pretty much would always see somebody on a flight that you knew. <laughs> or the mall, if you were to go to the mall, you would run into people that you know. And I don't necessarily think that that's the case any longer. Mm -hmm. And then just kind of the expansion. So where... I grew up uh, kind of by Roxy Ann, used to ride four-wheelers, motorcycles, and now they're housing development. So just the urban sprawl, I guess, is kind of the biggest difference that I would say that I've noticed. Mm -hmm. And would you say some of those changes that you've seen, would you identify those as good or bad or what parts do you like the best, I guess? I know it's an opinion sort of thing. <laughs> I, I think that's one of the great things about Southern Oregon is you can still get away from people for the most part within 30 minutes. So yeah, a little bit farther before, like I said, pretty much just rode a four-wheeler out of our backyard and could go up on Oxyan, whereas now they're forbidden, so you can't do that. But 
within you know John's Peak and different areas, the mountain lakes when they had water, within 30 minutes you could be out in the woods away from everything. So yeah. yeah, that's still good. What I'm curious, what do you appreciate about having grown up in this area? I think a lot of it, maybe the small town feel. Like I was saying, you would be able to run into people that you, you knew. Uh, my mother and father were in business here as well. So just the connections that you make, you know, both of my kids went through the same school system that I went through, uh, other than elementary school. I went to Lone Pine and they went to Hoover, but they went to Hedrick Middle School and then North Medford High School. So, you know, even some of the same teachers, it's kind of interesting to see your kids um, have the same classes that you had. So yeah. I think I think that's one of the, the nice things about a small town is just the familiarity. Uh-huh. Yeah. And uh, what do you appreciate about having raised kids here? Uh, and I'm super curious to know, actually, from your perspective as a kid, I have a 14-year-old, and she does not like it here because she cannot wait to be in a big city. Uh -huh. <laughs> she loves big city life. I'm just curious because she said, from her perspective, there's nothing to do. But I'm just curious, as a teenager, do you remember those years of what you were doing back then and, and what life was like? I was into athletics, so I think that's kind of similar wherever you go. I kind of occupied most of my time. The kids played some sports as well. So I think class size, you don't necessarily get lost in the school system. Like maybe you do in a bigger city or the bigger schools, unless they're private. So I think the public schools around here are still good. You know, having only two high schools, you know, the friendships I think can cross over. Whereas I would imagine not having lived in one, but in a big city, you know, friends are probably just in your core community and you don't really get to see the other side of town necessarily. Yeah, I would guess that's probably true. I don't know. She was out of the school system there. By the time she got up here, she was only seven. So she's, <laughs> she's only known schools really here. And, yeah, I think kids probably, you know, having the big city and the opportunities to go to concerts and different activities would be appealing. You know, when I was growing up, like I said, sports and like to hunt fish, ski, anything outdoors. And I think Southern Oregon mm -hmm. is obviously great for all of those activities. Yeah, absolutely. And my daughter's just discovered snowboarding. So uh -huh. now she's all about Mount Ashland uh -huh. and why can't we go to Bend every weekend? <laughs> so I think you're right. That depends on what they're kind of involved in and Right. Whatnot, so. There's great outdoor activities for everybody around here, it seems like, for sure. Yeah. Does your son have any opinions or feelings on being in Grants Pass versus Medford? Is he liking that better or about the same? Or He actually, when he originally got his job over there, he was commuting back and forth. And I think it was just more to not have the commute. So yeah. he likes it over there. I don't know if he would prefer necessarily Medford over Grants Pass, but... Uh, it's fitting in great for him right now. And I think restaurants in the younger scene, it might even be better in Grants Pass. I'm not sure. So I kind of think a, a little bit more on the restaurant scene. That's my personal opinion. I would definitely and I, and agree. And I like, I like the downtown feel too. It's got a little bit more of a walking downtown, I guess, than, I, than Medford does. It would be nice if Medford could get something similar to that. Yeah. But I would agree. Yeah, it's definitely more people hang out downtown than, you know, here in Medford, people are kind of on the outskirts, I think. Yeah, yeah. Well, our mutual friend Jake tells me that you hunt. 
and that is a world that I am completely unfamiliar with. So I want to kind of pick your brain a little bit and, and learn a little bit more about hunting and fishing and, and that as a sport here in this area because I know a lot of people come to this area specifically for that. So how long have you been hunting? So I'm 48 and I would say probably went out hunting with my dad since I was two or three years old. And actually, legally, you can hunt when you're 12. So I started out rifle hunting around here, some in Eastern Oregon. And then I would guess probably got into archery hunting when I was 18 or 19 and still do that. Primarily elk and deer hunting, go to Eastern Oregon, love Eastern Oregon. It's getting more and more popular. It seems like more out-of-state people are coming in to Oregon when they can becoming a little bit harder to get tagged. So that was the beauty of, you know, when I was 12, I would say the deer and elk populations were probably much greater. Mm. And it seems like as it gets more popular, they kind of restrict access to public lands a little bit more in many, many places. And plus with the fires that we've had around here, private timber companies are locking down their lands later in the season. So finding areas to hunt is a little bit harder. So I've gotten more into backpack hunting, where basically okay. everything you carry is on your back and you get away from people at that point because yeah. most people don't want to get more than a mile or two from a trailhead or a road. So yeah. five to seven days and you see a lot less people. And how is that when you're carrying the animal back? Do you, are you doing that part of it? Because I can imagine five miles out. We've, yes. We've actually, a couple of times though, had horses to where we could access somebody if we needed to pack out an elk, for instance. We could contact them via satellite and they would come pack out the meat. And yeah, there's some spots that you get to that would be almost impossible for a couple of guys. Yeah. <laughs> you could get it done, but it would... It would take a toll on your body for sure. Yeah, <laughs> I <can> imagine. <laughs> and then fishing around here is awesome. So we obviously have the Rogue River. Umpqua River is very popular up around Roseburg. And we grew up, you know, fishing the lakes and rivers as well. So, What would you say the big difference in fishing the rivers versus the lakes? What, what kind of fish are you catching in each? And do you have a favorite that is your go-to? So I like steelhead fishing the best, which do a lot of that on the Umpqua. The Rogue is good as well. Salmon, the runs were... I'm sure everybody would say much better back in the 80s um, and have progressively gotten a little bit worse with the hatcheries and everything else, but the fishing is still great on both of those tributaries. And trout primarily for lake fishing, Howard, Prairie, Hyatt Lake, the high mountain lakes. However, because of the drought, those have, they don't have water really anymore. Yeah. So finding a reservoir with enough water to fish and recreate with everybody else becoming a little bit more difficult around here. Yeah, three, I think we're third year into pretty severe drought. Yeah, never, well, in all my years here, I've never seen it like this. You know, low lakes would be probably at 60 or 70%, not 10 or 20%. Yeah, yeah. So. And then combining that with fires, I know you were saying that with FX hunting, I'm assuming that's because it destroys habitat is that the primary reason or they're where they are they going elsewhere or well, the fire does but a lot of destroying them they'll shut down the woods so you don't even have access in many instances uh, so you can't even go on on the private timberlands for instance so that puts you on a national forest land and so you put 
a larger number of hunters all in a, a smaller area, basically mm-hmm. less less area to hunt, which becomes more crowded. And animals are smart, so they kind of figure out yeah. ways to avoid humans. Yeah, <laughs> and then hence the backpacking in. Exactly, exactly. <laughs> and I'm curious, what what do you do with the meat? Are you do you is it just for family, or do you give it to friends? Or I've I've not had elk. I've had deer. Had that. I love elk. It's yeah. it's I would probably eat it over beef in many instances. So other than whoever helps you pack it out and maybe some close family mm-hmm. members, it, it stays um, with my family. Oh, <laughs> <Nice>. <laughs> it's not given away necessarily. Yeah. yeah, excellent. It takes a lot of work, so but it's well worth it. And it's not necessarily about harvesting an animal, but it's just like I said, I grew up out in the woods and getting away as we were kind of talking before, mm-hmm. getting away from cell phone and everybody else kind of disconnecting yeah. is is nice to do it is nice to do yeah i try to do it when i'm able (laughs) yes it's hard but uh, when you can do it it's definitely worthwhile yeah So what other activities do you enjoy in Southern Oregon? I like to let my listeners know all the different ways of recreating. And it sounds like hunting and fishing are kind of two of your primary, but I also am hearing lots of outdoor time. What other activities or places kind of are on your top of your list? So like to snow ski, Mount Ashland, you know, less than an hour away. Mount Bachelor in Central Oregon is great. I uh, grew up, you know, man from probably six or seven snow skiing and so still enjoy that in the winter time um, you know hunting is pretty much from late august through october and then like to boat in the summertime grew up water skiing grandparents had a houseboat on lake shasta so spent mm-hmm. a couple weekends every month it seems like in the summertime down there on the houseboat and still do it not on the houseboat but enjoy being on the lake and then rafting any other thing around water mm-hmm. is great around here do you do your do you have your own raft or you usually do guided things or typically just rent, rent. Um, it's nice to have them shuttle you up and then mm-hmm. when you're done you just leave it at the boat ramp and go on your merry way so yeah uh, let somebody else deal with that i do have like a pontoon boat for fishing and for the lakes just like a pontoon raft that's always available as well. And they did do water skiing up at Lake of the Woods as well. Is that correct? Yeah, I mean, I would say predominantly Lake of the Woods and Lost Creek are the only two lakes really that you can water ski in this area. Lake of the Woods can get kind of crowded with all the homeowners and the cabins up there, especially on the holiday weekends. And then with the drought, Lost Creek has become a little bit more crowded as well, I would say. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, when you have family or friends that come into town, what are some of the things that you do with them? Or do you have any favorite restaurants that you take them to? Or are you cooking them elk? (laughs) 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 Or what what kinds of places do you usually like to take them? So when successful, I mean, we're fortunate in that most of our family still lives in Southern Oregon. Um, And a lot of our close friends, you know, from high school or college, I went to Southern Oregon, so still live in the area, or if um, they don't live here, they've already been here and experienced most things. But you know, I mean, some of the different sites, Crater Lake is very popular, rafting, 
we try and camp as much as possible as well. So we have fifth wheel, whether it be over at the Oregon coast or anywhere else that you can be lucky enough these days to get a reservation for if it's, mm-hmm. it's a site. It's gotten very popular since COVID hit. <laughs> yeah. Do you have any favorite spots along the coast? Favorite beaches or camp areas? Harris Beach is always nice. That's close. And then after that, you know, probably more up towards the Bandon area, mm-hmm. which I love to golf as well. So it's nice having a world-class golf resort within three hours. That's, again, the beauty, I think, of Southern Oregon is there's something close yeah. uh, within a day's drive. And if you want to, you can drive over and back same day. Yeah. So. I agree. I absolutely love that. And I feel like I'm still exploring and there's so much to go in each direction. Yes. Go explore. There's a ton of Oregon that, you know, I feel like I've seen a lot, but like hunted in Northeast Oregon, farther Northeast last year. And it's beautiful. I would love to go up there, not necessarily for hunting, but just to go kind of explore. Yeah. A lot of area just within our state that I still haven't seen. I know, I still haven't made it out to Eastern Oregon, Uh and that is the spot. The John Day Wilderness is on my list. Really looks beautiful out there, and I kind of like desert as as a spot that I really enjoy. Southeastern Oregon, yeah. Yeah, No, there's a lot to do. There's a lot of different topography and climates, I guess, and Mm -hmm. different, different things. You can find pretty much everything you want, I would say, within Oregon. Yeah, absolutely. So we were talking a little bit about food. And I'm just curious if you have any favorite restaurants that you like to go to in the area. Not anything on your necessarily. Food. I mean, we go to Ashland quite a bit for food if it's mm-hmm. with a group. I love pizza, so mm-hmm. pizza pretty much from anywhere. I like. I love Kaleidoscope. I think that they have they have great pizza. You know, we're kind of talking. I think Red's Pass maybe from a restaurant standpoint, and I couldn't even tell you the names of the restaurants necessarily. But going over and. Being with my son, you know, we can always find some sort of food over there that's good as well. And I always like to ask this question because, especially for somebody who's been living here as long as you have, are there any local businesses that you think people should know about? Sometimes there are these kind of hidden gems or is there anything that comes to mind? As far as businesses, you know, I I think Ashland has a lot of unique businesses where if you were just going to go hang out in Jacksonville kind of the mom and pop stores, not the big box stores. Yeah. I think, you know, I like to support those as well. People that are local to the area support local, I guess. So I I wouldn't say any business per se uh, specifically, but those are the two areas that I would say you'd find unique shops. Mm -hmm. And nice to just walk around. Absolutely. Really pleasant and yeah, and get a glass of wine at one of the local wine tasting spots and definitely. Do that and shop all at the same time. There's some good breweries in the area, definitely good wineries, uh, especially out towards the Applegate. Mm-hmm. So yeah, you can find some way to recreate. That's another big thing, I guess, in going back, you know, friends or family do come into town to maybe visit some of the wineries in the area. Yeah. Have you, uh, you're just talking about pizza. Have you been to the Applegate Country Club yet for their pizza? I've played golf there, but I've not had their pizza there. It's not a golf spot. They call it the country oh. club, and it's not a golf spot. It's not so. I think it's meant to be chung and cheek. I'm not actually sure, but it, it's a pizza joint, and they have gorgeous outdoor gardens, and it's I think on par, if not better. <laughs> that's my opinion. So uh-huh. now you're gonna have no, to go out fine. there and check it out. Um, it, then Kaleidoscope. I like Kaleidoscope too. If I'm in Medford, that's usually my go-to spot. But Applegate Country Club. They're right in at the town of Applegate. 
right next to the Applegate Lodge. Oh, wow. They have indoor dining, but they also have a gorgeous garden. And sometimes during the summer, they'll have live music. So you can go and get pizza and beer and wine and whatnot. I'll definitely be making yeah. a trip out there yeah. to try it out. That sounds get a report back wonderful. No, for sure. <laughs> definitely. Definitely. Yeah. And a good spot to, you know, while you're out there tasting wines too, because there's so many great vineyards out that way. Absolutely. But we're, we're blessed with that for sure. Yes. Yes. It's interesting. My son is getting into wine tasting. Um, so getting his recommendations and different experiences kind of interesting. Yeah, I'll bet. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> As they grow up, my daughter's not there yet, but I imagine in the next 10 years or so, that'll be a thing, and that's kind of odd to think about, but... It, time carries on no matter what. It sure does. <laughs> it sure does. <laughs> All right, well, thank you. I really appreciate getting a little bit more insight on some from somebody who's been here as long as you have. Well, it was great to meet you, and thank you for having me on. Yeah, absolutely. All right, everyone, thanks for tuning in, and we'll be back with another episode. This podcast is produced by Simona Fino and co-produced by James Dedakis and Jaded Media. Original music by Samuel Lawrence.